You're listening to the Platte River Bard. Today, we talk to teaching artist and early education director Stephanie Jacobson of the Rose Theater. Stephanie is the director of the Rose's upcoming production, Corduroy. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Platte River Bard. This is Chris Berger. And I'm Sherry Berger. And we are here this week at the Rose with Stephanie Jacobson. She is the director of Early Childhood. She is also a teaching artist, an actor, a playwright, and a director. Welcome uh, to our podcast, and yes. thanks for meeting us here at your place of work. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. <laughs> and we have another guest you brought as well. Oh, yes, yes. Corduroy. Yes, <laughs> of course. <laughs> we is, have two guests. Is, is directing <laughs> the upcoming uh, production here, Corduroy. And Corduroy is with her today. Yeah, and he's he's our puppet because um, uh, Corduroy is the bear who is on the search for his lost button to feel complete yes. so he can get purchased um, by Lisa, the little girl who wants nothing more oh. than to have the bear. And she would get him right from the get-go. She's not concerned about the lost button, but he thinks that if he had that button, it would make him the perfect the perfect toy for her, and Aww. he could finally go home. Oh, how sweet. It is really sweet. <laughs> so how many people do we have in the cast? We've got Lisa, and mm-hmm. then, of course, we've got the puppeteers as well, but um, what are the other char- how many other characters do we have in the show? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, we have three puppeteers, and uh, who are Joe and Jackie and Kim, and then we have Lisa, who is actually, we have double cast the show um, so that the young artists who are playing him don't have to miss as much from school. And uh, also, oh, yeah. I really like to double cast young actors so they never have to make a decision if their health isn't really great or if they're feeling under the weather and the family can be like, you know what, the other person should go on so they can rest and or family emergency, any of those things that come yeah. up. So we have two, and it's great because I didn't have to make a choice because they're both so good. Like I would be so sad if we didn't have both of them. We have Nivy and Chase are both of our Lisas. And then we have uh, the mom character who is played by Catherine. Um, Oh, and we also have the night watchman who uh, in this play, everything is going wrong for every one of the characters. Like, and it is, but it's also, it's a huge farce. Like it's so silly. The most ridiculous things happen. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of obstacles in the way. But yeah, Matthew, who's playing the Night Watchman, is such a gifted actor and a gifted clown. Like it's so good. He does all the pratfalls. He oh, falls neat. backwards. He, you know, stands on his hands. Like all, all of the things that. Um, it's just so silly. We are cracking up in rehearsal. He's <laughs> like, it gets the jacket taken off, puts it on the wrong way. All of that. He's yes, awesome. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, oh, I love nice. that kind of stuff. Good physical comedy. Oh, tons of it. Oh, like things it. breaking and shaving cream spraying and a vacuum cleaners running away and exploding. It's <laughs> it's, it's wild. <laughs> it's a wild show. Now, when does this one open? Uh, the 29th? You guys okay. are opening at the end of the month, so yes. we're almost there. <laughs> we are. We're oh almost at the end. On Sunday will be the end of our second week. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Yeah. yeah, so we start, we are going to um, 
have our first stumble through tomorrow where we're going to put everything together. Okay. Yeah. In an, um, in a amazing cacophony of whatever it is. <laughs> It'll be great. It'll be, it will be. Yeah. First time going all the way through with everything. Yeah. It's super exciting. Oh my God. That always is really exciting, especially I'm sure for a show that has some technical elements to it and the puppetry. Yeah. <laughs> Always got to be curious, how's it all going to look when you right. put it all together? Right. And, you know, with a show like this, even even for um, the Lisa and the mom scenes are a little more like a, a typical play that you would see very dialogue heavy. Mm-hmm. But the bear, Corduroy, the only thing he ever says is the word button. He doesn't uh. say anything else but button. Okay. And the Night Watchman has a lot of um, monologues because he has his own recording device. And so he records himself on on his daily, like uh, nightly, excuse me, his nightly walk through the huge department store, Freeman's department store and checking okay. everything out. Um, uh, but when in rehearsing the show, because there are so many technical elements, it's, it's like a, it's a really articulated dance every scene, even for Lisa and the mom um, sometimes. Um, but we, we started rehearsing everything without even using the text. We would just call out what we were doing. We would mark it. And then the actors would just say what they're doing. Now I'm looking for the button. Now I'm crawling on top. I'm falling off. My jacket is stuck. Like I hear the vacuum just so we are really aware of how to connect all of those things together. And then we started putting in the dialogue around those. We call them our happenings. Oh, wow. That's a neat way to, to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we didn't have the have to be holding a script. So right. they, they really trust and they know the order of all the things that yes. happen. And they know it from all of their senses mm-hmm. rather than just reading what happens. Yes, right. exactly. Wow, that is that is fascinating. I, I've never tried to do something like that. That sounds like a lot of fun, actually. <laughs> it is a lot of fun. <laughs> it's probably some kind of special technique that... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's called desperation. No, I don't know what it's <laughs> Now, we know you said you have the three puppeteers with uh, corduroy. Yeah. And um, we got some puppeteering going on in, in this show. Um, it is my understanding that this may not be your first experience with puppeteering. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I... Um, um, I st- I, well, I started off as a dancer and then I got into, um, acting and, uh, while I was getting my MFA in acting, I was doing a lot of puppetry and I've always been super into puppetry as a very young person. Um, yeah, I mean, all there, just right. Like I, I was born in the seventies and so there, yeah, right. There's all, there was a lot of it going on. Oh my gosh. It was awesome. And so I've always been such a huge fan. Um, and then in graduate school, I went to university of Iowa and with their playwriting program, there were a lot of playwrights that were also, and some of the MFA directors were also really into puppetry. So we were just like bathing in it. We were having so Uh much fun. (laughs) And then after that, I, I moved uh, to New York city where I, um, really primarily focused in in puppetry so oh, wow. yeah i got to be uh, assistant to the gosh all of a sudden i'm just like forgetting the, the <laughs> name okay. of the time but to to um jason weber who works there um at the at jim henson company so i oh, was wow. his assistant so a lot of um 
as assistant things do where you get to track and look at old puppets and get things ready. So I was learning a lot from that. And you work in, I worked in the studio. So I would be working with all of the people that were building the Muppets right then and sewing new characters. And it was at the time that Abby Cadabby came out on Sesame Street too. So to watch Raleigh make that, I got, then everyone there was just the most generous and most kind and, um, and, and a lot of my job was to also um, track older puppets. So from like the labyrinth and all oh, of these wow. shows to go and, and look at stuff. And so they would have me checking like stitching and all of those things. So I really got to learn the wow. like very, very basics of, of everything and prop, mm-hmm. you know, prop making for them. And yeah. It was really great. And, and at this, yeah, yeah a, it was really fun. What a kind of a dream job. I was way. very lucky. I started as their receptionist because I was just like stars and eyes moving to New York City. And I knew where their, their studio was because yeah. I had sent a resume many, many, many times, sure. um, even when I was in co- undergraduate college. Uh, and so I just walked up to the building to their east side mansion and the door was open and I walked in and someone's like, well, how did you get in? Who are you? What, how did you get in? Like, oh, the door was open. open. And they're like, oh, and I was like, here's my resume. And they're like, what? Who are you? And they're like, well, we are looking for a part-time receptionist. So I started there as a part-time oh, receptionist. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. Good and then, you. Yeah. And then, and then worked up. Yeah. That's awesome. See, the door was supposed to be open. Right. That's exactly. how that goes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, it's very silly. So it's all those things like just be determined and follow your passion and know that, you know, in order to learn something, it's not that I needed a job as a puppeteer there. You know, a- anyway, I was learning all kinds of things in all the different departments there at Jim Henson Company wow. as well. And they were just so generous with me. I can't say enough about the, the humans there, so... Oh, That's how nice neat. What a, what a nice neat experience. Hear. Yeah. That yeah. is nice to hear. And how long were you there? Um, I was there for about three years. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and at the same time, I was working in, in, in living in New York City. I was also doing a lot of puppetry for um, um, a woman who's passed away. Her name is Liz Suedos. She um, is a famous playwright. She had a famous play called The Runaways, and we were working on a new play of hers at the Flea Theater. So, so she had some puppets uh, that were needed for that, and then... I also worked with Lee Brewer of the Mabu Mines and did an international tour of his um, doll's house because wow. they had some marionettes in that. So oh, cool. toured around with that too. In Kansas City, it was a it was a show that ran in Kansas City, the Dollhouse. Oh, it, um, it, the show was so it's based on um, Ibsen's The Doll's House, the doll's and house. it was okay. yeah, and then it was they called it um, the title was the Mabu Mines, a doll's house. And it toured, I was in South Carolina and we went to Germany and Japan. Um, They traveled on a lot more because I, um, Mm -hmm. uh, we moved here to Omaha after that. But um, yeah, and so they had all kinds of puppets. And their show was really interesting interesting because they had all of the female characters in that show were all average size um, female identifying humans. And then right. um, the, all the, the male identifying characters were all little people. Um, and the set was built. Yeah, there were, wow. it was, strange. it was so cool. And the and actors were. And also a doll's house, which is what a, what a strange yeah. way to adapt yeah. that play. It was great. Lee Brewer, um, who just passed a, about a year ago, he, he was like, I mean, so integral to so many different forms of theater. And um, Mm. he was 
awesome to work with. He provided a really amazing opportunity. I was really grateful. Wow. That sounds amazing. It does sound amazing. And it's it's not like you probably got a lot of puppetry experience at school. I mean, you got you got some during your your getting your MFA, but this mm-hmm. was truly how you learned. Yeah. The art of puppetry. Yeah, just from like hands-on and working with different companies and people I worked mm-hmm. with um um, Eric Wright, who's from Lincoln, actually, and he lives in New York, and they have a, um, a group called the Puppet Kitchen, and so I did an internship with them, too, oh. in New York City. Oh, wow. And then, um, uh, you know, and just learning a bunch of different things. There's there's really not many, especially when I was going to school um, in the late 90s, <gasps> there, there weren't a lot of programs for puppetry. There is one oh. in University of Connecticut, Mm-hmm. Um, that has a MFA in puppetry. Okay. Um, and then I was lucky enough just about five years ago or so, I got to, um, um, was accepted into the playwriting program for um, puppetry at the Eugene O'Neill Festival. So I got to work on um, how do you write plays for puppets. And there was all this mm. amazing puppetry going on with all these different puppeteers to learn how to build different mechanisms and to work on physical puppetry and yeah. um, shadow puppetry and all of that. And and that's and from my time in New York is when, when we did Prancer here. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Is it like five years ago, four years ago? But Eric, um, a different Eric, um, he, I met him in New York, and, and so he's the one who came to build the beautiful Prancer reindeer puppet. I learned wow. so much from him, Eric Novak, and oh, I, I worked wow. with him in, in New York, too, on some really amazing shadow puppetry work, too. I mean, I just wow. you just got to go and find internships yeah. and, you know, audition for shows and... Just dig in. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. how many puppets do you think you've built so far? Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> just a lot, and some have not been very good, but I think you can get away with a lot if you know how to move them right 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 (laughs) yeah i would think i'm a better puppet performer than a builder okay i would say yeah if i were had to sell myself i'd be like oh (laughs) i can puppeteer that and then and and because i also got to learn from when the woodsman was at the blue barn i got to perform in that show too so i got to work with with um james on that and it was just there oh my gosh his puppets are amazing so wow how neat. What yeah. a neat experience. Yeah, I've been so lucky. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, and so you never, you were, when you were working with Jim Henson, you never got a chance to actually work with him, right? Like he was No, not, yeah, he'd been passed away passed for a yeah, while. He had but been, I knew yeah. his daughter, Cheryl, who ran the Jim Henson Foundation, who was, yeah. actually she, you know what's so funny? It's so funny when you say that. I'm just thinking of this. We, okay, so Matthew Walters, who's the set designer for Corduroy, he and I had put in uh, an application for the Jim Henson Foundation to get a grant to work on a piece that we had come up. Uh, It was called Bagak Bagak. It it will happen one day. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we had gotten the Jim Henson Foundation grant. Um, So Matthew and I, I have known Matthew, our set designer, for a really long time. So we were going to be able to work on this puppet piece that we are creating. But then I I moved here to Omaha. Um, And then Matthew moved to Chicago and then Kansas City. So life moves us. Yeah. Yeah. Those are both good towns. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Chris is from Kansas City. Oh, I love Kansas City. I like it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's a good town. Yeah. We lived there for a while. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. We were there for a while. Yeah. Now, Absolutely. speaking of the shadow puppetry thing, didn't you say you had a, a bunch of experience and with um, 
and I don't want to say this wrong. Is it Bunraku? Oh yeah, bun- yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you said it exactly right. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Although probably if I would meet someone who spoke Japanese, they'd probably say that we were. Uh, yeah, but I'm gonna say nice that to you did it just perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, Bunraku is um, a, a type of Japanese, an ancient time of um, uh, type of Japanese puppetry that utilizes three puppeteers. So the the lead mm-hmm. or head puppeteer would ni- ni- manipulate the head and the left arm, and the secondary puppeteer would ma- manipulate the back and the right arm, and then the um, third puppeteer would, would manipulate the feet. Wow. Okay. Um, and so it really is like an ancient, ancient, um, beautiful, it, it is so delicate and very lifelike. Um, and the puppetry pieces are not done with the head puppeteers are not speaking the words. There is a storyteller and I'm forgetting the, the Japanese name yeah. for it, but there's a storyteller who also plays an instrument at the same time who tells the story and the puppets act it out. And the puppets are about three fourths the size of a, of a usual human size. Wow. Um, and the head yeah. puppeteer wears these beautiful wooden shoes that are really, really tall so that he can be standing up high enough to reach the head. So he's taller than the other three puppeteers. Wow. What what an intricate thing to come up with a specific name on how it's, how it's mechanized. Are there others as well? There are other like specific types of puppetry that are that detailed as to three people on one puppet doing it in a, in a certain way or oh yeah that's a really great question oh. there is um types of puppetry from every culture mm-hmm. um and they all range in different forms of manipulation and artistry i wouldn't say i guess not artistry because everything is highly artistic and beautiful but sure. it, it's just a different way of how it's done um mm-hmm. the other type of puppetry that i know the most about i would say is um shadow puppetry indonesian puppetry okay. um and and um that is traditionally made with leather um and so they punch it out and get really really thin and mm. paint it um and so we just did i just worked um well we've done one here at a lot of shadow puppetry and many performances here. And um, I especially love doing it with young people. Um, It's really great to take them from the build to the performance to see. And you can do it with color. You can do it with just black and white. Um, We did a really fun version with little ones that we did James and the Giant Peach. But for all of the... All of the stuff that, you know, the peach fell, we created all of that and acted it out real time behind the screen and all the animals. And and that one we had so much fun, too, because we made all of our costumes out of cardboard boxes. We just got really into the paper (laughs) in the building. They were so into it. It, It's so exciting to bring them into every part of the process. Right. Yeah. And then they get to see it on stage. That has to be really exciting for them yeah and it's a different thing than usually we think that um you know theater is um just you standing on the stage saying the lines with the other people which it is and it's a beautiful way to tell a story and to see yourself but there's something else um for me at least i i really like doing real physical theater so it's not really like just stephanie walking around it's a very different character it has a very different physical movement as well as shadow puppetry and puppetry it's someone really doing it mm-hmm. it's something that your body can't do or yeah. it has to be yeah. done differently yeah i always wonder what the fascination is with it and i think for me when i've seen productions that have puppetry in it i, I always see it as very introspective you mm-hmm. know kind of like out outside of yourself and yet 
really introspective when you see the the puppets yeah. done a certain way. Oh, I love hearing it like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the, the reason why I'm so excited to do a puppet in this, is the way that the script is written is that it goes from an actor playing corduroy in a in a bear costume and doing all the physical stuff that the bear does and then when the night watchman comes on it is there's a interchanging of a stuffed animal so the night watchman holds it and mm. and as fun as that is because also barry kornhauser who wrote this is one of the most generous lovely human beings ever i just mm. adore him he has always been so kind and i, I in when in meeting him and he's been so supportive he's just so lovely um, and he was like, oh, it's so fun and so magical to see that change. And I was like, oh my gosh, it is. That's really exciting. Also, what an awesome opportunity to have an inanimate object really come to life and to really see that as a kid, you know, when you're playing with your bear, but to really see it come to life and do all those things yeah. rather than it being mm -hmm. a human. I think there's, mm -hmm. there's so, so much value in both things, mm -hmm. but especially because I'm, I'm drawn to making like giving inanimate things a soul. I get really excited about that. it. Yeah, like Toy Story. I mean, yeah. it's very much yeah. like Toy Story yeah. where he can move when there's nobody else in the room, but when there's someone there, it's not like he's hiding or turning off. It's just that no. the, yeah. he's not he's not able to. Yeah. No, that's really neat. Yeah. And I thought Corduroy was a book. So did you guys adapt do an ad adaptation of, of the story to, into your script? So oh, it's yeah. a Rose production? Well, it, it Rose purchased the rights to it. Barry Kornhauser okay. um, adapted and wrote this play, and it's been produced, I believe, at two other theaters okay. where it was okay. in development for. Yeah. Um, and so the rights became available, and we had I read see. it, oh gosh, three or four years ago for, through script development here. And we, uh, okay. I shouldn't say necessarily script development. I would say the education staff and other other people on our staff read scripts that are we're thinking about for or sure. that Matt is thinking about for <laughs> our season. Yeah. Um, and so this was one that is a really sweet story. Um, all the characters have so much that's at stake. There's a lot of urgency. Uh, it's also a book that a lot of people, are, you know, have really come to love over the years. Yeah, yeah I would say right. it's been around since. Wow, it was, it 68, was yeah. It was published 60s? in 1968. Yeah, because yeah. it was, I, I thought I remembered it when yeah. I was like yeah. in kindergarten. Yeah. It was, yeah, it's been around a long damn time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I bet it's going to be a beautiful production, though, and the yeah. rose is just so beautiful anyway, and I bet the stage is going to be amazing. Oh, that's so. so sweet of you. You know what? Everyone who's working on it is incredibly talented. We have a beautiful yeah. set. Um, it is a huge show because there's so many things that there's 16 scenes and i think there oh, are wow. 11 different locations like it there is a lot going oh, on and everyone has just worked so hard and it's so beautiful the prop you know all these wild things have to happen to the props and things have to fall apart and the actors are working so so hard on it and the costumes oh my gosh you know they're just Zach is doing costumes for it. They're so beautiful. And we have a great stage manager. And our, oh, our sound design and yeah. our lighting design. It's just, yeah. it's going to be really exciting. It, the cool. thing is, it's just I would let people know is that it, it does have a lot of heart to it. Mm -hmm. But it is a really silly, fun show. Like, okay, it, is, sure. it is for 
when you read the book, it's just so sweet, and and yes, I'm I'm like a huge book. Charlotte's Web fan. Like I love yeah. that kind of children's literature. Yeah. And Barry has really taken it, and and how do you take this book that doesn't have that many happenings? He's really found such a fun way to expand the story mm-hmm. and really make it about Lisa and Corduroy finding each other and really having a huge need to have to. Um, have each other as friends Aww. and through a really silly path, which is fun. Yeah. Well, that's, well, that's how life goes sometimes too. So exactly. that's great. <laughs> so you do even more than just directing here at the Rose. You have something called yes. little Rosies that you oh, yeah. do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so as I, uh, as I tell everyone, I can't believe I'm lucky enough to get paid to do what I do, but <laughs> I get to teach musical theater classes for ages one and a half to eight years old Um, and we have this program Little Rosies where it's musical theater classes that we take out into daycares and preschools to teach even the littlest learners about um, singing and dancing and acting Um, and I have some wonderful cohort teachers Delaney and Natalie who are they're just they're gifts like Mm -hmm. I just they're the they're such great pre-k teachers Um, we also Mm -hmm. have a a program called the Pre-K Enrichment, which we visit 22 schools, about 1,300 students. Um, uh-huh. And they, it, we do three visits a year, three to four visits a year in their Pre-K classroom or Head Start classroom. Okay. Um, and working on all kinds of different curriculum using creative drama. Um, and then I also get to be a teacher that, I direct um, young people's musicals, and I help with the uh, high school internship, and wow. I um, direct conservatory, mm-hmm. and you know, um, <laughs> mentorship. And I have to also yeah. I have to enter my mileage. Actually, I'm uh. just thinking oh. about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I just get so lucky to do all these yeah. things and, and grow all this programming. Yes. Yeah, that's great that you get to direct and do all the other things as well. You're not you're not just pigeonholed into one particular role you get to do a little bit of everything yeah Yeah, we all get to do a lot of different stuff here um which is great and i'm i mean how do you teach a one and a half year old about (laughs) about theater what's it like with the little (laughs) one and a half year olds yeah um it is wonderful (laughs) like it's wonderful and it's silly and it's hilarious and um, we, I'm a big fan of, uh, a lot of structure. And okay. so we have a very strong structure of how we start our class. And we always say, um, <laughs> we have a little thing where we say, we can sing, we can dance, we can act. And I say, who are we? And they say, the little Rosie. <laughs> and so therefore we do our singing activity. So if we do solfege, um, we do it by jumping on dots. So I, trying to make sure that we're using all of the um, learning modals, like to make sure that we're allowing even our students who aren't really speaking yet, they're yeah. still working on singing and, and moving their bodies and making sound, even if it's right. not necessarily the right yeah. sound, sure. you know, but wow. any sound and feeling brave in that way. Yeah. Um, you know, Sue, Sue um, Bhutan, um, who is uh, a wonderful human here at the Rose, mm-hmm. she said something to me many, many years ago, and she said, you know, the thing about helping young people 
learn about singing, especially is that so many people don't do it because they're so afraid to do it wrong. So the more we start people younger starting to do it to build their confidence, they're going to just learn that they can do it. And it's so joyful and just, just building young people's confidence so that they're used. And we use, we use um, music vocabulary. We use all of these things in our lessons. We don't shy away from um, doing um, piano and forte just because we have all kinds of songs and they mm-hmm. learn a little. They're learning b- bushel in a peck right now. All the little mm-hmm. ones, so they're funny. Are you still offering some virtual, or is it is it in person right now with masks? Or yeah, everything. All of those are in are in person. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you guys were doing virtual for a while. I we bet that were. was a challenge. Yeah, it was yeah. still fun, and they, um, you know. I think just like everyone discovered last year, like everything is possible yeah. as, as long as like everyone is dedicated um, to being flexible and creative and figuring right. it out and communicative. So, right. yeah. No, yeah, I agree. For sure. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to ignore Corduroy. Mr. Corduroy here. He's pretty happy <laughs> hanging out there. Well, when, I know he's so cozy. When you were talking about uh, the, the 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 sort of the art of Bunraku, mm-hmm, yeah, is is that is that essentially what you guys are doing with corduroy with the three puppeteers? Yeah, and with the head and the feet yeah. and the. We call it kind of westernized. Oh, 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 okay, okay. <laughs> well, I just want to make modified, modified. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. Okay, modified. Yeah. Um, just because we really do lean into the the fact that he is. Um, a stuffed animal and can move different. We're not trying to get him to move like a human. Right. Um, Cause he's supposed to be, he's supposed to be kind animal. of yeah. bouncy and yeah. jumpy and his arms can swish around. <laughs> and, but we do have uh, mainly Jackie and Joe are on this puppet so that one human will manipulate the head and the other will hold the back. Cause we don't want to ever have everything just held by the head so that the neck is taking all the, the weight. Right, um, right. and then we have, um, two, oh. um, two, yeah. um, what do you call this? Handles. That's what they are. They're <laughs> handles. handles. Handles on the back <laughs> of the feet so that someone can hold them by that way rather than just mm-hmm. grabbing the feet. Now, right. with the hands, we don't have any handles or, or something that we would mechanize the, the, the hand because there's so many things that he has to grab himself. So okay. usually we just kind of grab behind the arm to show our movement or okay. we just use the puppeteer just uses their own hand to grab an object. Oh, wow. And it kind you know, you, it just works. Right. Think, thankfully. Yeah. And I've, and I've just taken a, um, a stuffed bear um, and actually, we have two of them, <laughs> just in case, you know, right. we need to switch last minute. And, right. Yeah. Um, but just done it so that um, I use, and this is a thing so that everyone can make anything, but I just, my favorite place is to go to Lowe's. So um, mm-hmm. they did not sponsor this, but <laughs> I love them. I sponsor Lowe's myself. Um, but I just used like scrubbing brushes. Um, I was wondering, yeah. Yeah, just to put in, so I s- open the back and put it in and then reinforce it on the inside and on the out. Um, and then also in the head, it's like a squeegee that's in here. It actually goes okay. like ear to oh, ear. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sure. yeah, just to be able to use that handle in there. They're, they have already a really nice um, anatomically like great grip to them. Yeah. And then on the back are those little scrub brushes you use in the kitchen oh, on wow. your dishes. <laughs> um, and as well as that's I... Weighted the feet with some rocks right. and the so hands, so they have movement. a little bit of like yeah. a little, like a nice bit of bounce and weight to them. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also 
um, you know, made sure that the neck was really reinforced as well as sewing it up with a lot of extra um, elastic mm -hmm. so that it, it has a lot of give and can move around a lot. And I um, really reinforced the hips on it too so that usually a stuffed bear is just really solid mm -hmm. all the way through, mm -hmm. but that way he can sit a little bit better. Yeah, yeah he can bend a little, yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's oh. so neat. And I bet kids in your Q&A want to, after the show, when they come up and ask questions, I bet they want to touch him and see how I hope all so. it's going to work. So Yeah, I hope so. Or really we're, fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that there's an opportunity that we'll have one available to friends who want to do anything. I, I'm not going to say it because I haven't gotten permission, but <laughs> whatever. That's why there's two. There's two things. So No, you always have to have a backup. But that is so neat. I'm really anxious to see it. It sounds like a really wonderful yes. story. Oh, thanks. And Thank it looks you. like you guys are really have thought it through. It's going to be a really thoughtful and pretty production yeah yes. yeah so. thank you yeah it's gonna be fun and it's a huge it's a huge set because the whole thing takes place on on just we're using double locations of so that we don't have to do a lot of transitions so it's oh, when okay. you walk in it's just it it's ginormous they have done such a beautiful job of oh. building this set for us they're amazing wow. nice. and he's just a little guy on that big stage that's right <laughs> so cute right yeah It'll totally he oh. gets to be the star of the show yes yeah. well stephanie thank you so much yes, for making you. time for us today we know you're super busy super busy <laughs> Oh, well, thank you for <laughs> thank you for thinking of us and having us and taking time out of your schedule. And, you know, I'm no more busy than the average human during a pandemic is, you know, well, you know. we're all. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was so nice to meet you this time in person. Oh, Maybe yeah. next time we can do it without masks even. We'll get there eventually. We'll get there. We will, First time virtual, we? second time masks, third time. Maybe we'll, everything we will be back to normal. <laughs> I know. That would be excellent. Yeah. I would like to see your smile. So. That would be nice. <laughs> and nice to meet you, Corduroy. Good luck. Break all the teddy bear legs. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> oh, my gosh. You're so cute. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you. And as a reminder, Corduroy runs from October 29th to November 14th at the Rose Theater in Omaha. Thank you for listening and supporting the arts in the Platte River area and beyond. Please subscribe to our podcast so you are sure to catch all of our future episodes and join us on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Music for this podcast was used with permission by Screaming Skull Productions. See you next time on the Platte River Bard. <laughs>